Welcome back to Spotlight, the video game podcast, a podcast where we take a look at the best parts of the best games. I am your host, Michael Taylor, also known as Toasty Mike. Today, we're talking about a game that is very near and dear to my heart because it is based on the Lord of the Rings license. I am the biggest fan of the books and the absolute biggest fan of the movies, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, and The Return of the King. All three movies are some of my favorite movies of all time. I watch them on a yearly basis, honestly. Every November, December, I sit down, I gotta watch all three of them because they're truly amazing stories and I always cry at the end, seriously. It is amazing. But so much has been said about those movies, I don't want to reiterate here. But what I do want to do is talk about the game that I want to bring up. And that is Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor. So Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor is loosely based off of the Lord of the Rings license and books and all of the works of J.R.R. Tolkien. I say loosely because takes a lot of creative liberties when it comes to its storytelling in this game, but you do see stuff from Lord of the Rings in this game. For instance, Gollum and Orcs and Sauron and a couple of other things, and it has that Lord of the Rings grimy Orc feel to it, but some of the lore stuff can get a little complicated, that is for certain. Middle-earth Shadow of Mordor launched with good reviews, however, because of its much improved combat over games like Arkham and Assassin's Creed. It kind of applied those that formula to the gameplay, but made it better and added more gory executions and master sword play. The game featured an open world where you had lots of stuff to do, orcs to take down and camps to take over. But the main star of the show and the whole point of pushing you out into the world to experience the game was to Play with the Nemesis system. So the Nemesis system was the revolutionary idea that Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor brought to the table. In it, every single orc captain that you encountered had some kind of personality or shtick or some kind of idea and would talk to you and tell you stories or yell at you and be angry or threaten to kill you or be cowardly. They all had their different personalities. And as you killed them, as they killed you, the stories you had with those orcs evolved. So if an orc kills you, they might get promoted in the hierarchy of the orc society. So if somebody keeps on killing you and keeps on killing you, they're going to rise up the ranks and they're going to make fun of you every single time they kill you. And you're going to want to defeat them so badly, but Maybe they just have your number, and then eventually they'll work their way all the way up to War Chief, and they'll have tons of bodyguards, and you did that. That was the whole part of the Nemesis system, is it pushes you to create those kind of stories. So again, if you keep killing somebody, maybe they come back to life, and they have scars all over their body where you cut them up the last time, and they'll come back and try and exact their revenge. So my Nemesis... The one orc who had my number for the majority of my first play through the game was a ranger orc named Zun Evil Eye. 
Now, I was pretty new to open world games, action games. I had been more of a sports kind of game player up until 2014 when this game came out. And I didn't really understand what I was doing at all. So I was just kind of running around and mashing the attack button and hoping for the best. And then Zun Evil Eye comes over and he starts sniping me. He's got these poison crossbow arrows and he's just whittling my health down so quickly. And all of a sudden I'm down and I'm dead, and he's standing over my body, and he's like, ha, I got you. And then as I kept playing, after I had revived, as I kept playing, kept showing up whenever I was fighting another captain or a couple of orcs or just running around the world, riding around on a Karagor or something, like, he was everywhere. I could not defeat him. What I didn't understand at the time was the intel system in the game, which basically is... You find intel around the world that kind of gives strengths and weaknesses of some of the orcs that are following you, attacking you, stuff like that. And I had never done that for any orc, and I had never done that for Zun Evil Eye. So I didn't know his strengths. I didn't know his weaknesses. All I knew is that he was kicking my ass every single time I ran into him or he ran into me. So, as soon as I figured out this intel system, I was like, oh my goodness, I should figure out what this guy's weakness is. So I go, I, t I go to a camp, I take out all the, all the enemies there, and I get some intel, and boom, I get his strengths and weaknesses. Strengths, he's got a couple things, I think he had, like, he had the poison arrows, like I mentioned, he had uh, combat master, which means I couldn't execute him, which was what I kept trying to do when I was attacking him originally, so... That made sense. But in the weaknesses, there was two things. The first thing was easily damaged by burn. So all you would have to do would be shoot an explosive canister and he'd be taking a lot of damage. And I'd be like, ooh, awesome. I'll just do that. But the next weakness was a thing that really, I guess, pissed me off. Because his weakness was uh, soft-headed, which means he dies from a single charged headshot. I did not know that. I had never unlocked his weaknesses and shot him in the head. And so he had been decimating me. And meanwhile, the whole time, I could have just shot him in the head. Dang. Anyway, I go. <laughs> I shoot him in the head. And his story's over. You think. But the really cool thing that they do in this game is near the end of the game, as you're making your way into Sauron's fortress to take him out and stop him at the black gate your nemesis shows up and he's back and he's there to talk shit but his head was looking a little vulnerable so i shot him in his head and he died in one shot and that was that because i had solved him that was my story my story was i solved his evil eye and i had a great time doing it I know that uh, Middle-Earth Shadow of War, the sequel to this game, came out in 2017. I have played that, have finished it, and they expand on the Nemesis system in, in many ways. They add more weaknesses and strengths and abilities and classes, and it adds a little bit more strategy to it, but I ultimately feel like it's a little bit too complicated in the fact that every orc just feels like a, a, a complex Rubik's Cube until you realize you can just stab him a couple times and it's just not as well balanced I feel as this game and 
I feel like it got a little bit too big. So I would like to see maybe a third try at this franchise where they, they take it back to more basics, just a couple of strengths, a couple of weaknesses, a couple of personality traits, keep it simple, but keep it more interesting in how you have to deal with each captain. I feel like that would be a lot more fun. Shadow of War otherwise was a pretty solid game. The story went in some crazy directions as well. And the the ending was not great, especially the implementation of the microtransactions into the Shadow Wars. But the, the very last shot with Talion I thought was, was nice, and that was a good closure for the character. Uh, the DLCs weren't great, but uh, overall I thought it was a solid package, but definitely a step down from Mordor. <laughs> So Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor was one of my first open-world games I ever played, and it is still, to this day, one of my favorites. But the big question I've always been asking is, why has the Nemesis system not showed up in other games? So I did some research on this, and basically what happened is Monolith, the developers of Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor and its sequel, Shadow of War, they trademarked and patented that, basically, that gameplay idea, that gameplay concept, that gameplay mechanic. So no one else can use it. And then Monolith has been pretty silent when it comes to games recently. And since 2017, they've only released one game. And that was actually this year. And it was the Lord of the Rings Gollum, which is the one of the worst reviewed games of all time. <laughs> Seriously, look up the trailer. It is truly, it is truly hilarious how bad that game is. Hopefully... Monolith will get to work on another Shadow of Mordor game and kind of bring us back that nemesis system. So every week I also always want to do one kind of other recommend from me and this week I'm going to recommend a TV show. It's on Prime Video. It's called Invincible. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of this show. I'm sure a bunch of you have seen it, but for those who haven't or for those who haven't watched it in a while, it would be worth a rewatch or a watch. It is is truly amazing, a great kind of subversion of the superhero genre in some places, but also just like an embracement of it in other ways. And it is just delightful and horrifying and amazing, and I cannot re recommend it enough. That is Invincible on Prime Video. So check that out. And that will bring us to the end of this week's episode of Spotlight. I hope you enjoyed. Find us online at Spotlight the Video Game Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Taylor, a.k.a. Toasty Mike. Please subscribe, like, like the podcast, rate us, whatever you got to do, all the things. Thank you very much for watching. Peace out, and we have shone the light.